Man, we got a a really diverse show today. Well, at least the second half of it. <laughs> the first bit is, you know, it's a comforting wheelhouse. But I got to let you know, the second half of the show, it's going to blindside you. Okay. I'm excited. You're going to get it. blindsided. I don't even know what's going on. Because it's quick hits. Uh-huh. And you got to be ready for it. You don't know what's coming for you. Of course, I'm talking to you, Will, but I'm also talking to everybody who's piling in here. Everyone who's joining us right now. Yeah. Piling into this show. Welcome. We got a little bit of everything for you. The news never stops. Willie Do never sleeps. I keep telling him, I say, hey, man, got to get a little bit of sleep. Especially this time of year. Not for me. People are dropping like flies this time of year. Mm-hmm. Mo is MIA. I got to pick up the slack. <laughs> He's very MIA. Yeah. He's uh, missed dearly. Very much so. Miss I miss dear- Mo. You miss Mo. Yeah. He's only been gone for like a day. I know, but. You miss him already. Old habits, you know. One Monday and you miss him already. Yeah. But yeah, it's that time of year. I've been telling people, I've been telling people uh, zinc and vitamin D. I don't know if you saw that in the chat. I sure did. I've been telling people. I tell, I'm saying the same thing to you. Sleep, zinc, vitamin D. Mm-hmm. Get it together. Keep it together. You know what I'm saying, Will? No, I hear you. It's important. Do you actually hear me? Humidifiers and everything. I'm a big humidifier guy lately. Yeah. What can I say? <laughs> you have 10 of them? I'm ready. You wake up, you're just drenched. <laughs> I'm drenched. No, honestly, uh, my kids thought I was crazy. They came in the room. They're like, ah, it's wet in here. What is this? <laughs> Everything's I got the moist. I got the max setting. It's like a jungle. It's a there. rainforest in there. Yeah. It's where I like to sleep in rainforest. It's a terrarium. Might as well be. I got habitat. all types of wildlife in there. Yeah. Various growths. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. All right, listen. I'm not that crazy with it. Just, uh, it's dry. Will, you know around here, man, with the heaters and such. Yeah. And it gets, and you, it's been going now, just cranking for months at a time, and your body desperately wants to emerge and mm-hmm. soak in some freshness. Yeah, you're like a raisin exactly. when you wake up. Exactly. You want to? You need to be reborn, Will. Mm-hmm. You need to picture yourself rolling. You need to picture yourself in your new Bronco with soaking in the vitamins. Breathing in the freshness. Take off the top. You might take off the top. Yeah, the hard top. You might take it off. Yeah. You might take off the top and then take off your top. I just might. Just I don't know if anyone wants to see that. You're just sun tanning? Yeah. (laughs) Forcing everyone to deal with it? (laughs) I'm still in my driveway. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, oh, he's back out there. The neighbors? He's he's, uh, not him again. He's sitting with no shirt on in his Bronco. Yeah. What's going on? Oh, man. Anyway, yeah, we got a lot to talk about. I just like imagining the the seasons changing. I love the changing of the season. Yes. And we're right there right now. It's happening. We're in the thick of it. I just love that change. Uh, Speaking of the seasons, there's iPhone season. Actually, it's WWDC season coming up. Okay. Uh... 
iPhone season is more of a, like a back to school type of thing. And it might be a situation where we actually lose a beloved iPhone this next iPhone season uh, because we're seeing these reports now. Well, we saw these reports previously on the, on the kind of sluggish sales for mini iPhones, little iPhones. Uh, it started with the iPhone 12 mini when people in the community, and it's one of these things where you're, you're never sure if the community at large, influencer community, tech community, a community of people making noises in front of cameras like ourselves will. You're mm-hmm. never sure how representative, how much of a reflection that is of what's happening in the actual world, in the general public, what's happening in the public sphere, what's happening in the public square. Mm. You ever been in a public square, Will? I I have, I think. Does really? Times Square count? <laughs> I like to that? imagine things like this. Okay. You know, like I never went to Italy, but uh, I have relatives there. And my brother will explain it. He spent like a couple months over there at one point in time when he was finding himself. C- can you imagine Vin finding himself? <laughs> anyway, so... What happens is you have like the center of town, even in small towns. Okay. And uh, and people, they would go for a walk over there in the evening and they would congregate as you might in a community. And you would have restaurants and things and the chairs would be out there in the center. Well, I feel like you could thrive in a situation <laughs> well, like yeah, that. Well, yeah, it sounds nice. I feel like you it could sounds thrive. Sounds very relaxing. You go for a walk. You might even have an espresso, a cappuccino. You might even, uh, you might sit down and just have a cannoli and that's it. Yeah. And that's fine. You don't even have to have a whole meal. You're just, it's more about just the atmosphere and you're just watching things happen. Mm-hmm. I'm just painting a picture for you. Well, yeah, it sounds very um, luscious. Well, let me tell you what happens in the tech version of the public square. People argue about things, all right? And it's the atmosphere is way worse. You okay, understand? Yeah. People are ye- yelling and shouting. I'm trying to create the atmosphere of the Italian uh, town center. The version of that in tech, which is we just we watch the things passing by, we sip, we enjoy, mm-hmm. we create the atmosphere and appreciate. We need we just I wish I was sipping on something actually. Okay. That's really the problem here. Uh, but anyway, so when it comes to these small iPhones, it's like we were all excited because it gave us something different to talk about, and there was certainly a nostalgia factor when we gripped these things and held on to them, and we were like, oh, I remember the days. But of course, there's the situation of the money where the mouth is and like how it's hard to like properly uh, uh, transmit the key information, which is like, hey, I might really like this thing. I might even like emote that this is fun or novel, but that is not the same as a recommendation that you go get this thing. And the reason that that's important, the way that I'm sort of discussing this thing is because... I think sometimes that there can be a disconnect in that exact exchange and that exact transmission. And that's what seems to be the the evidence seems to be pointing at at this point is that no matter how much people kind of liked it, liked the idea of it, people didn't apparently, according to these reports, put their money where their mouth is when it came to buying these things, which is like the ultimate Mm -hmm. informational transmission is the one that's in your wallet. Like, transaction it's the ultimate type of vote like did yes. you like you when you did the spec on the bronco and then you made a clip out of it, it took 30 minutes yeah 
and you put your money where your mouth was, and then you couldn't back up. Uh -huh. like, Damn, it's over. <laughs> you couldn't back out because it's like this permanent, it's this type of vote. I mean, you could back out, but you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. And uh, you vote the, with your wallet, right? Willie do. That's what they all say, right? You've been hanging on to that one. You've mm -hmm. been waiting for the right moment. You saw me ranting and raving. You yeah. saw I'm going to get this in there. <laughs> Just abruptly interrupt everything you said, I'm <laughs> while gonna get, you're talking. You said, I'm going to get this in there. Yeah. And I you, had to. And you just did. I didn't say anything in a while. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the reason this conversation has come back up is because the more recent release, which was another small phone from Apple, this uh, SE, uh, 2022 SE. Uh, are they calling it that? I don't even know what they're calling it. Yeah, I, it's the SE, 2022. I mean, we just, say, we just say the year now? Um, we just, I guess so. We just say the year. Anyway. Uh, so you got this SE and it's a small phone and it's an antiquated phone and it has tremendous nostalgia and some people gravitate towards it because for them it represents what they want and all they need and all they're looking for and it's a very familiar experience and Apple keeps it around as a low cost option although the price did go up this particular generation but now reports are coming out saying that even this one they overestimated demand for it uh, or at least they're shifting some production away from it. And towards other models, including just the regular iPhone 13, which seems to be what more people are interested in buying. And so as much as there's like a, a novel aspect to these varieties, uh, it turns out, I guess, well, most people, they just want an iPhone 13. And I don't know what that means going forward if the small phone is just going to become extinct or if there's maybe hopefully with some decent management here, there's still an uh, ability to keep it around just at a lower share of the overall sales. But they're still going to be making them. Right? I don't know. I don't know. I, I think the 13 mini might be the last of the minis. No 14 mini. The rumor around the SE is that you would have an SE plus. And I was just talking to you before uh, we started rolling about how, you know, pre that particular design, you can actually keep it and still have a bigger screen because you had the iPhone seven, eight and, and, and so on where you had a plus model. Mm -hmm. So you could do that, but they got a really tough thing to manage as far as the cannibalization of their other phones. And actually, the reason I'm interested in it is because I haven't looked at the new iPhone SE yet, and I'm planning on doing it on Unbox Therapy, which mm -hmm. is uh, a long time coming. It's totally delayed, but I just want to feel that again and see if I have the same feelings as last time. I know people are into it, but uh, it, the strategy might not actually pan out according to these numbers now there, there's a there's a um what was it a, a a note issued to investors from donovan one of these uh, insider types and he used the term dismal to describe the iphone 12 mini and 13 mini sales you ever heard that word before dismal that sounds like um someone's in trouble it's a terrifying word yes i come in you say lou how are we looking i say dismal oh you're like oh my god let's just pack it up yeah i just faint just pack it up yeah. and, and go to a bakery. <laughs> you know, that's where I go for comfort. Italian bakery? That's where I would go for comfort. No, any bakery, actually. Oh, okay. Any baked goods, fresh breads and such. 
I uh, drown the sorrow. Yeah, I'm into it. With bread. Donovan also noted that Apple has been looking at an iPhone SE Plus product. So that's the one I was just talking about. Uh, this would allow Apple to continue offering an entry-level option while meeting the demand for larger displays. People are just on their phones, Will. They're just staring at their phones. Mm-hmm. Just looking at large screens and using them as their TVs. And they're watching this right now on their phone. And we're tiny if we're on a small phone. And they don't want us to be tiny, so they buy the big phone. Yeah. And, of course, other manufacturers have found a way to hit lower price points without necessarily shrinking phones. Yeah, it, you're right. There isn't a lot of um, Android phones that are mini. No, 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 no. No, no, no. They, they actually pinch on other areas, like in the spec sheet, as far as the processor is concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically, that's where they go. They still put a big battery. They find ways to deliver. Mm-hmm. To a completely separate audience, but in Apple's case, the uh, strategy is a little bit more complicated because they don't want to cannibalize those pro models and other models that are bigger. They want people to spend more if they want that. Uh, but as it stands right now, there is no big phone yeah. on a budget from Apple, and but that might change next generation. Mm-hmm. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, the 14 Pro Max is apparently going to feature. 20% smaller bezels around the display, according to a newly shared CAD render. Do you see the thinness? Oh, I see. I, I, I see. Do you? The thinness. <laughs> okay, because I don't. Uh, no, you're right. I mean, it's not substantial. When it, the main thing I see is the dual hole punch punch hole on the front. Uh-huh. So they go with uh, something that I guess looks a little bit modern, but protects their face ID components. Uh, these CAD renders are shared by the Twitter account Shrimp Apple Pro. Nice. Which is actually a del- delicious Twitter handle. Did, did you eat any uh, sushi recently? The shri- uh, shrimp just reminded me of that. I'm just curious if you have any recommendations around here because uh, uh, one of my kids was actually wanting to order sushi the other day. Okay. And Do you have any uh, input on that? or? Um. Yeah, I'll tell you later. You don't want to put them on blast. <laughs> uh, yeah. You don't want to put them on blast. Willie Do doesn't want people uh, on the internet interfering with his order times and <laughs> yeah. bombarding his favorite local. Well, there's establishment. some nice spots here. Okay, we're right. we're pretty lucky. Well, actually, well, I went to one that I liked recently. Okay. But I was like curious how much I should like it because I was like, well, I gotta. I feel like I need to, you know, compare. Well, okay. A lot for me is proximity. I'm just like, uh, places, there's a places right there. I'm going, I'm going to go check it out. Yeah. Convenience is like Convenience. a pretty uh, important one for you. Anyway. But I'll let you know. Anyway, I, you know, I got to get my dynamite roll, Will. You okay, understand? Yeah. That's what I got to get. <laughs> <laughs> They're good. Anyway, so Shrimp Apple Pro shows this design for the iPhone 14 Pro Max. It's in line with other illustrations that we've already seen from a variety of other leaker types. Uh, 20% this big. I mean, this phone has to look more modern. That's how people buy these things. They feel very special when they buy the latest one. Um, Other than that, I I mean, it's not going to be a massive departure. You still have these flat edges. You have this uh, jewelry-style design. Still a camera bump. You still are bumping the camera and, uh, and so forth. But anyway, yeah, whatever. We'll look at it soon. Don't worry. Oh, man, look at all these dimensions in mm-hmm. millimeters. That's how you know it gets serious when the millimeters come out. 
Shrimp apple. The calipers come out. It's weird yeah. that you said shrimp apple. I don't think those two things go together now that you said it like that. <laughs> yeah, you said it was instantly delicious. Well, it is, like, but hmm, it's, it's, it's also that. conflicting. I'm having, I'm conflicted. Because have you ever seen like, sh- people like shrimp and sweet together? They do that all the time. Oh, yeah. I mean, cocktail sauce. That's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. So apple is sweet and shrimp. I feel like there's a way to pull it off. I feel like there's, I think a, so. there's some type of recipe we're not seeing right now. Mm-hmm. We'll make it happen. But I don't have any rules. <laughs> I, I, I don't have any rules around that, by the like way. Like apple juice and shrimp. Well, some people they have strict rules. They're like, oh, I don't do this. I don't mix this and that. And I'm like fusion all fusion it up. Like yeah. let me have an experience and I'll see where we go. Because it's it's a science, right? Let, Food. I'll, let, let me see where we go. Mm. See where we go. It's yeah. <laughs> Is a children's book I was reading to my daughter, and it's about a dog. It's called If You Give a Dog a Donut. And uh, we always have a laugh about this idea of the dog eating the donut. I know a dog would eat a donut, uh-huh. obviously. <laughs> you ever seen your dog? Your dog will eat anything. Yeah. Your dog's not going to not eat a donut. Yeah, he's always tweaking. He's always, he's, You're right. he's always like looking around he's like so fast. But do you feel like at this point in his life he's ever actually tried a donut? Um, not specifically made for dogs. I've <laughs> given him like a dog meat donut. <laughs> a dog yeah. a dog donut? Global pet foods, they have like custom Oh, donuts. they're allowed to get a shout out. The the pet food place <laughs> gets a shout out, but the sushi place can't buy a shout out. I'll let you know. You're holding it hostage. You're waiting for the yeah. uh, you're waiting for the shout out money. Yeah. Uh, okay. So in this in this book, what happens is you give the dog the donut, but it sends him on a bit of a spiral. <laughs> he goes on a binge because once you give him the donut, he decides he might want some apple juice to go with the donut. Oh, so he. The dog goes crazy. But then he discovers that you don't have any apple juice, so he actually heads outdoors towards an apple tree in order to actually procure the apples to make his own apple juice to go with the donut. And this whole set of things unfold. I mean, I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, don't. But he throws the apple, and then he, you know, is inspired by throwing it. He, he remembers that he actually wants to play baseball. It's a lot of things that happen. Uh, there's a lot of consequences that might take place if you give a dog a donut. Mm. And so just consider that next time. Wow, that's wild. Next time you're thinking about doing something okay. like that uh, for Otis. But yeah. But it reminded me of the apple of the uh, apple with the shrimp. It's like I never imagined a connection between a donut and apple juice. Never crossed my mind. Because mm. it's all very sweet. I like a coffee. I mean, a coffee, the bitterness of the coffee, and you have the sweet donut. It's well established. It's very good. I didn't invent this. It's well established. <laughs> okay. No, no, don't you okay me, Will? Don't you dare. No, you definitely should okay me in this circumstance. Yeah. If you need to know anything about children's books, I can, I'm an expert. All right. I'll let you know. I live a life out yeah. there. I'm telling you, man. I'm on the cusp, the cutting edge of children's books. I know what's going on. Apple has announced a digital and all digital WWDC 2022. And some people had expected or hoped that what they were going to see was like an in-person thing. 
that uh-huh. they that they might get a chance to come meet you or something. Meet me? Well, I mean, you you would there? never be invited, actually. Yeah, exactly. Just by just by connection to myself, they'd be like, "Wouldn't that be cool, actually, though, if we got you what? in instead?" Like we're able to sneak you into the Apple events and then you actually get the Apple loaner devices and mm-hmm. then you're like the decoy. You just hand it straight over to me. I would have to have my own channel, no? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we could, uh, I don't know, set up a, s- we could do this, but we've just actually explained how we're going to do it. So yeah, could be a problem. Yeah. We'll set up an Apple. We'll set up one of those channels where all you do is talk about Apple. That's it. And you love everything. You're the world's biggest Apple fan. Like a video a day kind of thing? Oh, you're just bombarding the world with how much you love Apple. Mm-hmm. Right? You're just like, I am the biggest. You just have the watch. You're just everything. The t-shirts, the merch, uh, all types of uh, memorabilia. Tattoo. And even an Apple is in the name. You're called like... Uh, uh, <laughs> Apple a day. You know what oh I'm yeah it's not bad it, that's pro- pretty good somebody probably already has it but yeah it's something like that and it's completely over the top and we build you up as apple's number one influencer i have my own apple dance every day Sorry. i do the apple dance really yeah wow <laughs> it's like a head spin <laughs> that's a huge commitment and uh so anyway you have we have I this channel you become this huge influencer Apple thinks that you're like, you're absolutely perfect for it. While I'm still doing this show? You might need to wear a disguise. Okay, yeah. We'll do a small disguise. I'll wear a mustache. And you'll infiltrate. And we'll get the inside scoop. And uh, then you can deliver the products to me secretly. Okay. In advance. Yeah, what does that sounds, sounds like a deal. What does everybody think about this idea? Isn't this fantastic? Apple will never know what's going on. They'll never watch this. We'll, we'll completely blindside them with our espionage. Mm-hmm. You hear that? Anyway, so they're doing a non-in-person event. So no, you will meet nobody. You will not only not meet Willie Do because he's not invited, but you won't meet anybody. If you uh, Like in the past, you used to get to congregate. You would see the who's who of uh, these the various communities. You might shake hands. You might snap a selfie. Uh, you might go to Apple's wonderful campus and, uh, you might even take a shot with Tim Cook. That has happened in the past. Yeah. You know what? I actually have a story here where, um, one of, like, I, I went to school for web design and we were one of the winners in creating an app and the winner could have, could go to, um, the Apple place and meet Tim Cook. And that person did. The Apple place. <laughs> yeah, wherever it is. Was it Apple Circle? <laughs> I think you could just call it their headquarters. Yeah. I'll and see you at the him. Apple place. Yeah. And they met him and it could have been you and could everything could have been different. I know. Yeah. You could have got a job there and you could have worn a like a special outfit and uh, you could have had one of those impl- like pass cards to get in, you know, pro- mm-hmm. probably that's mm-hmm. your phone nowadays, but, uh, it could have been a whole different life for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it would have been like a thousand times better than this one. Uh, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, so that's your story you're sticking to it. Well, yeah, it was just kind of, uh, interesting. Um, 
just knowing that app developer, um, he got to meet Tim Cook. Should we have him now on? I'm very Should we jealous. get him on? Um, Let's get him on, and we'll ask him exactly what happens on the inside. Yeah, I guess we could ask anybody that if they're willing to talk. We should do that. We should get ex-Apple employees on the show. Some guy actually hit me up. Were you copied on that email? I don't think so. A guy hit me up and he's like, I'm an ex-Apple employee. I'll tell you anything. A tell-all. He's like, have me on the show. I'll tell you anything. So We got to see his credentials, though. How do we know? Well, I don't know if you ever know. He probably wants to obscure his identity anyways. But it still could be oh, yeah, interesting content. I mean, we're going to have to give the disclaimer and say, like, take it for what it is. Uh-huh. But he probably signed an NDA, so they can't really. We got to obscure him somehow. It would be interesting. Hot if content. people in the chat would like to know if they're interested. I mean, we yeah, just, maybe we can get that going. We could just get it on the TV. And actually, let's just put that out there to any former Apple employee or current I don't know what stipulations. I don't want anybody getting fired or anything, but it would be nice. It would be cool to have a, an interview with somebody uh, of uh, what that's like, the day-to-day. Working at Apple HQ? The day-to-day. Mm-hmm. The day-to-day. Sitting at one of those desks? Actually, that would be a pretty cool series. Never mind just Apple, but like day in the life Google, day in the life Apple, day in the life Facebook, day in the Amazon. life Amazon. Just Tesla. To, because these are enormous companies, Space right? Sense, and we're yeah. all we're all curious about what that would what that's like. Uh, anyway, so they're doing the Worldwide Developers Conference. Uh, this is typically well, it's a mixture. Sometimes they talk about products. Obviously, they often always talk about software because it's a developers conference, mm-hmm. and it's like a functional thing. It's not just like a keynote where they're launching products. It's a functional thing where uh, developers get a chance to. There's all types of workshops and yeah, Swift. Yeah, New Swift well, you features. would know. You would know based on your last story. You probably uh, did. You ever participate in one of these in any kind of formal context? Yeah. Oh, I could tell you about it later. <laughs> that is boring, probably. <laughs> Thanks. Um, no, I mean, I mean, t- t- attempting to describe it in detail. Yeah, might be. yeah, that's. Yeah, it's a bit much. But anyway, uh, they talk about some, they, they'll, they'll often talk about new features and projects and things like that and uh, upcoming changes and stuff that's very specific to uh, things that developers would want to know about. And then sometimes they talk about Mac products. Like uh, there's a rumor that maybe they'll touch on the Mac Pro since they didn't in their last event. You had the Mac Studio and then the Mac Pro is like super outdated at the moment. It's got it. It's got that nasty Intel stuff in it. Mm. Can't have any of that anymore. They got to rectify that situation real quickly. So maybe there'll be something about that happening. Anyway, what are they, what's the date here? Uh, It's at the top probably. Uh, Very, very top. It's in, oh, there we go. June 6th, Monday, June 6th to Friday, June 10th. So what do we got? Like a month, a little bit more than a month to get there online only. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Don't maybe don't buy a new Mac right now unless you need it. Mm-hmm. Something might transpire. Apple raises prices in India as a result of new import duties. We've covered this actually extensively over the years. Apple's interesting relationship with India and and uh, well, and India's relationship with Apple in the sense that they've seemingly effectively coerced apple through a variety of incentives 
to start uh, running more comprehensive operations in India and hiring people and doing assembly and things like this. But of course, there are some Apple products that exist that still have no portion of their assembly taking place in India. And those are the ones that are going to be more uh, prone to these import and duty charges. The new import duties mean that headphones and earphones will have a 15% to 20% duty upon import to India. But Apple's AirPods are seemingly being subject to a less severe duty. Couple negotiations. Of around 5% and 10% only, the third generation AirPods now cost $272 compared to before when they were $245. AirPods Pro are now priced at $349 compared to $330. And AirPods Max are now $890. Whoa. Good lord. And this is a thing that Why is it so much? This is a thing that, the max. that doesn't often get talked about is we we usually map our local pricing to the rest of the world. We just assume that it's roughly similar. And of course there's many factors here that are at play where you have places in the world where not only is there maybe less disposable income in U.S. dollars to begin with, but then also it actually costs more in USD there, making the ability to acquire such things just astronomically different. And they don't make any AirPods there. No, so they're all getting the duties on there. But, like, imagine owning AirPods Max in India at 890 <laughs> USD, 66,100 rupees. Yeah. I mean, that's just crazy. Like, I don't even want to... I wouldn't... I'm not doing that. Yeah. That's that's way too much. <laughs> or just I, headphones I'm in gonna general. Be, I'll be honest. They're not even my favorite. Like, they're heavy and... Uh, they're, they're nice. They do some things that are really cool, but no, definitely don't spend $890 on those. No other products, including iPhones, iPads, and Macs, have had their prices go up. I guess they're not included on this thing. And as we mentioned in the past, assembly moved there. So they were able to avoid some of those restrictions and uh, some of those uh, tariffs and things by, by making these, uh, these uh, operational changes and actually setting up production facilities in mm. India. After the USB-C iPhone, we now have a lightning port on an Android, um, on an Android device. Who would ever want such a thing other than some sort of hacker tinkerer type? Oh, Quick tinkerer update. So you remember the other day we talked about this video where um, I think it's called Useless Inventions or Useless Creations or something. It's a YouTube channel. And the guy made a video trying to improve the usability of the Magic Mouse mm -hmm. with a 3D printed component. Mm -hmm. So we were just breezing around the internet as we normally would. You know me and you with the top down. Top down tops off. Yes. Sometimes you're just breezing through the internet and you need to issue a slight correction when you post 3,000 clips a day. Well, this is one of those situations, so I just want to do an update. Uh, had we listened to the entirety and the conclusion of the video, we would learn that even though he was functionally able to mm -hmm. create a scenario where the cable could be plugged in and you could still use it... Mm -hmm. The mouse itself refuses to be used when it's plugged in. 
Oh. So the clip, the so way it's, it's a software thing. Yeah. So the clip, the way that it's merged together here, makes it look like he's mousing on screen with the cable in. But if you look over to the right, the cable's not in mm. during the actual mousing portion. So, so you're not charging. No, it's no dupe. It's no dupe. He said it in the video. It's actually, we duped ourselves. Oh, yeah. <laughs> by jumping to conclusions that, of course, it would be possible to use it well plugged in. No. There's even a software shutdown aspect in there that even if you right. found a way to rig such a thing, mm. it's a no-go. So that's an, an update that I had to issue here because me and you breeze, we, we breeze with the top down, tops off around the internet, which is just part of the show. It's part of the gig. And we fully accept the responsibility of such things that every so often we're going to be flying down the highway and we're going to miss, you know, there's going to be a little bird chirping over there mm-hmm. and, uh, and someone's going to shout at us, hey, did you see the bird? And we're going to be like, what bird? And then, and then we're going to turn around. We're going to head back. It's like, oh, there it is. We're going to look at the bird. We're going to appreciate the bird. We're going to update people on the presence of the bird. And then we're going to keep zooming. Yeah. Not zooming. I hate zoom. But we're going to be yeah, cruising. We're going to be cruising USA like the old. Uh, I was just thinking that. Yeah. Like the old arcade machine. Midway? Of course. Okay. Talking about talking about Palladium. Yeah. Yeah. Talking, Those days. Yeah, he's talking about Palladium. Cruising World? Cruising World, man. You couldn't get me off those machines. You go underwater? Arcades, man. Gee. Yeah. How old are you, Will? Exactly. Uh, so this is just for fun. It's a Samsung phone with a lightning port. And of course it was a YouTube project because YouTube is the only place where you can like monetize crazy ideas. Right, because you can just get people to watch it. They're like, "Huh, interesting," and then that's good enough. And that's what I love about YouTube. I suppose you could do something similar on TikTok, build your audience, and blah blah blah. But don't get Hank Green involved, all right? Because he'll break it down for you, and he'll tell you it's no good. <laughs> yeah, he'll tell you it's sort of good. He'll tell you it's okay, but like I've done the math. He's going to tell you that he's done the math because he did do the math. He did, yeah. He's very smart. Full credit to robotics engineer Ken Pillinell who has followed up the impressive achievement of fitting a USB-C port to an iPhone by completing the circle, attaching a working lightning port to an Android phone, the Samsung Galaxy A51. I decided I needed to balance the chaos. Well done. The force. Bring balance to the force? No, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you got it, right? Isn't that what they do? Yeah. Well, that's what he's doing. This is it, people. The world's first Android. World's first. Port. Now, I know it doesn't look very special, but watch hmm. this. Black gloves. Black gloves, intense music. And data is also supported. Ooh, data supported. After building the that's first cool. USB-C iPhone, I decided to balance things out. It was quite a technical challenge. If you want to know how I did it, please make sure you subscribe because I'm currently editing the full-length video. Mm. Peace. Did he say peace? He did, yeah. That was a peace? Oh, a lot wow. of cool techno music. Peace. Yeah. So uh, this is obviously a challenging thing to do. You are, uh, you're opening, you're soldering, and so forth. And it's not something that anybody would ever want to do. It's not something I would ever recommend that anybody do. But it's interesting to see nonetheless. I think the days of the lightning port are numbered. So now you have a nice little bizarre keepsake mm-hmm. 
an A51, a Samsung device with a lightning port, a working lightning port, data and charging, Will. Shout out Exploring the Simulation. Whoa, Kenny Pie. Kenny Pie on YouTube. I didn't realize his channel was called Exploring the Simulation. This is very intense stuff here. Very cool. Twitter will appoint Elon Musk to its board of directors. Musk is limited from buying more than 15% of Twitter stock. So this was a thing that came up yesterday after the news was breaking. That was yesterday. Mm-hmm. About Elon Musk buying 9.2% of Twitter, making him the single largest shareholder, dwarfing the uh, ownership stake of even the founder of the company, Jack Dorsey. I wonder what Jack Dorsey thinks about it. Get him on the show, Will. Okay, I'll Jack do that. Dorsey. I think he tweeted about it. Good. Get him on the show. We're going to ask him about it and get to the bottom of it. Uh, and then so the question became, what is what is Elon going to do? What is his agenda? How can he influence, et cetera, et cetera? Does he own enough of it? And the original thought was that he would need 10% or more in order to get this seat. Mm-hmm. And he didn't have that. So they're like, I don't know, maybe he'll just threaten to buy even more. and Or maybe they'll just want to appease him since he's the single large shareholder or whatever. Mm. But it turns out it is no mystery. Elon will be jumping on there, jumping right on the board. He's breezing, cruising right to the board. Cruising USA. And that means that, of course, he's going to have influence. Of course, he wouldn't do this without having the ability to have influence. He's not just trying to invest in the company. I know the stock was booming because everyone was like, oh, Elon likes it. I think I like it, too. If he likes it, I like it. Well, anyway, there's more to the story. He apparently cares deeply and intimately about the inner workings of Twitter, um, features and things that he would like to see. Uh, pr- protection around uh, free speech, which he's brought up, public uh, discourse, town square, town hall, all towns. Because mm. that seems to be a theme on our show here today. The towns? Each town square. Okay. Square one. Shout out square one. Willie Do's childhood. Yeah. What do you mean? You were there, man. No, it was great. You were but hanging now they out. They built it so weird. Yeah, it's pretty weird. They keep extending it. It's all it's sprawling. Not... I don't even know where to go. It's all yeah. sprawled all over the place. Mm-hmm. It's very confusing. I'm like, where's the square? Where's the square at square one? Yeah. There's no more square. No, there isn't. It's all jaggedy. Mm-hmm. It's all over the place. Anyway, yeah, young Willie Do used to just, he used to go in there and then just <clears> lean <throat> against the wall. Right by Zellers? You'd just be available. You're like, you want to come yeah. see me? Come see me. Mm-hmm. That's what you used to say. Yeah. And I'm like, where do I find you? You're like, you know where to find me. I'm like, geez, man, this is intimidating. There are a lot of walls, though. I'm like, hey, man, I'm just trying to hang out. That's it. Like, I, I really, I'm not trying to fight. Like, it's nothing like that. You're like, come see me. Come find me. <laughs> like, easy, man. Um, well, yeah, you, I had remember, a le- you had a leather jacket with the collar. I'm Fonzie. You are. You might have been. <laughs> you might have been. been. Go ahead, Will. No, tell your little story. Go for it. <laughs> No, the bus terminal. If anyone who was in Mississauga knew that the bus terminal is a good place to, like, formulate, where everyone kind of gathers, congregate, congregate. Yeah, that was you and your you and your people. Yeah, I'm just like let's uh, formulate everyone. Yeah, let's go to the terminal. They're like and formulate. Like, They're like that sounds risky. Yeah, I get punched. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I don't know if I want to do this formulate thing. Yeah. Um. 
So that's where it was. The whoa. terminal is right beside. Well, okay, so you're at the terminal. What are you doing though? What are you actually doing besides chatting and being cool and all that stuff? Just literally what you said. Literally on the wall, just you know, hanging out. Just being cool. Yeah. Like, just you tell your parents, I gotta dad, I, dad, mom, I gotta go out. I gotta go be cool for a bit. Yeah. Like if you were being honest, that's what you would have yeah. said. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But can you get some food at least? No, there's oh. no food there. You have to go inside the mall. Okay, so what do you do? You get the food and then you go back out to stand against the wall? I would never use the. You wouldn't even get the food because yeah. because you're on the limited teenager budget or Just something. Just hang out there for yeah. hours. I know, really. I know, I know. It's a whole thing. Would you have had a backpack on at that moment? Yeah, sometimes. You would have. Mm-hmm. You would have. Would you have had a earbuds or headphones of some kind? Yeah. Yeah. Whenever I'm waiting for like friends or yeah. something. I would listen to music. I got to shout out two bit bears for a uh, hundred bucks again. They keep giving us a hundred, keep giving us a hundred bucks. <laughs> Thank you for the super chat. Hyper realistic episode. That's what we aim to bring. Yeah. Uh, even when we're recapping young Willie Doo's cool years back when he used to be cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, standing on a, up against the wall or whatever it was he was doing at the time with the earbuds and, everything else i mean we're not going to go any further than that but i'm sure there was other stuff going on as well <laughs> that, that will remain for the mississauga crowd exclusive yeah it was big dreams just big, looking up in the sky big <laughs> dreams i'm gonna anyway, make it one day musk has uh big dreams of his own and and now they have uh, uh intersected with that of twitter he did the polls after he by the way he had the crazy hot tweet after the news came out it was just like oh hi it's like the gentle kind of oh hi lol almost a million likes at there was like you bought twitter you bought twitter i'm gonna like this tweet (laughs) and uh followed up by a another poll that said do you want an edit button not even on twitter just do you want an edit button now that i now that i am twitter overlord elon musk yeah, with the misspelled yes. Yeah, he's just he's just like dripping in memes. He's just swimming in memes these days. Yeah. And so the misspelled yes and then the misspelled no, which he's instead say, said on. Mm-hmm. And of course, everybody wants the edit button and uh, he's the overlord now. Four million votes and it was six hours left. And he has a, a seat and everybody that's at Twitter said, we're excited to have Elon on board. Everybody said really positive things. Uh, Jack himself says, I'm really happy Elon is joining the Twitter board. He cares deeply about our world and Twitter's role in it. So, like, it, it seems all positive at this point, just, like, optimistic and positive. Uh, I know there's the political types that have piled on, and they're like, great, we win the war now. Uh, Trump's coming back or, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. But truthfully, I think... um just having people involved that do care deeply about it, having people involved that are thinking about these things. Uh, it is 10% of the company. I don't know to what extent he can sway things and whether or not everyone will agree with all of his, uh, his entire, his approach in its entirety to Twitter. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, like I said, Twitter hasn't wasn't making money hand over fist. Twitter had 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 its struggles, and so um, I definitely want to see it be a part of the future. 
I'm on there from time to time. And, uh, you know, he's going in there for three billies. Mm-hmm. I, I think it sort of fortifies the existence of Twitter in a way. And I think with Elon, he has a way of splitting companies where they don't intersect too much. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. SpaceX is SpaceX and Neuralink is its own thing. I wonder for Twitter if there's going to be some sort of implementation with like ads with like Tesla or something. Well, I was thinking more like all of a sudden my Tesla is going to have like a Twitter yeah, native app. Embedded. Yeah. yeah. Mm. These type of integrations you can imagine. Interesting. Collabs. Nonetheless. Crossovers. Yeah. Marvel Universe. Is that still going on? Yes. Um, was the latest movie is what? Morbius? I can't keep it together. With Jared Leto? I can't. Apparently it's really bad. Oh. Spoiler. What I heard. Amazon union workers won in New York. Can they win across the country? The Amazon labor union has big plans and will face big challenges. Union chat, union talk. Um, it seems to be a hot topic right now. The Verge will report on it every single time. They love it. Union chatter. Yeah. And there's all types of writers unions. And we talked about the Gizmodo thing, which isn't, it's not Gawker anymore, is it? Was it? Well, whatever. Even if it was, all the Gawker people are different now. Don't you remember all those like lawsuits and Hulk Hogan and... Uh-huh. Gawker yeah. stuff. That name is just completely vanished. Gawker? Off the internet. Anyway. Until you brought it up just now. I don't let it. I Nothing. Yeah. So anyway, uh, unions. Amazon Labor Union scored a historic victory on April 1st. They're like, ha No, you didn't. April Fool's. Yeah. <laughs> what a day to win a historic victory. I know, right? You never trust it. You'll yeah. always be like, wait. Like, did they win? Wait, when are they going to tell me it's a joke? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, when is it? When When are you confident that something that happened on April 1st was not a joke? Like, let's say, for example, let's say, for example, um, something really significant happens in your life. Like, I don't know, uh, some a spouse proposes to the other one, but does it on April 1st. And you're like, why are you doing this on this day? Yeah. That's terrible. You're like, don't do this on this day. I'm panicking right now. I don't know. And they're like, oh, I didn't even notice. And you're like, when are they going to tell me it's a mm-hmm. joke? Mm-hmm. You never, the, your entire relationship after that is going to be like. <laughs> I just imagine like you live 50 years <laughs> down the line and then get married, have children. And then the other person's like, ha ha, April, April fools. fools. And you're like, you can't do that. This is our life. I got insurance policies. Mm-hmm. We have children. Yeah. You can't. There's no 50-year <laughs> April Fool's, you sicko. What's the matter with you? They just run away. I mean, there's all kinds of serious scenarios where you got to completely avoid that day. Anyway, they want a big victory, and I, I guess that they're going to have to. I feel like that's official enough that it can't. It's got to mm-hmm. stick for now. This is the first ever union to successfully organize Amazon employees. On Friday, the workers of Amazon's JFK 8 warehouse voted to unionize 2654 to 2131. Oh, it wasn't like a landslide victory. It was like almost 50-50 coin flip. Half were like, nah. The other half were like, we got to do it. Um, 
And of course, the thinking is now that uh, this happens here, could happen anywhere, could happen across Amazon warehouses all over the place. The, um, the ALU developed its own playbook. That's the Amazon Labor Union, by the way. Early on, instead of knocking on coworkers' doors, the organizers camped out near the warehouse, handing out literature, answering questions, and sharing news stories about how much Amazon was spending on things like corporate salaries and labor consultants. They shifted course when they had to put focus on just two NYC warehouses and use social media videos to raise awareness. So they targeted in where they thought they could have success. Mm. Uh, I mention this every time the union chatter comes up. Other companies are facing similar realities, such as uh, Starbucks and others that have been mentioned, I'm sure, on think, the, uh, in the past. Blizzard Activision right now, their labor union is on strike. On strike. So they, I guess, well, they have a union yeah. already. If yeah. they're striking. Mm -hmm. uh, what does it all mean? I don't know. I don't know. Long term. I feel like Amazon's just. <sighs> Amazon is Amazon. Do you think that there's going to be a turning point where um, the vote is going to be unanimously for the labor union? My thing about this is Amazon specifically and tech companies in general is that they are so enormous and powerful that you just feel, even if you have, even if this group feels they have a victory, I'm like, do you? Do you? Do you really? Can you, you? Because it's so insignificant compared to the well. Can you giant really swing? Company? Can you really swing this thing using these historic mechanisms? I don't know. It's yeah, maybe it's possible. You can exert influence. You can make their life managing these things maybe a little bit more miserable, but. I start to think about things. Well, I can't help it. I start to think about things like automation and mm -hmm. like big picture, long-term zoom out. And I wonder about um, the progression towards that and the incentive towards progression towards that when you're having human trouble. If you're a guy like Bezos mm -hmm. or if you're a guy like, uh, I don't know, any of these tech companies where they seem, they're seemingly constantly finding ways to find efficiencies mm. and automate certain processes. Yeah. And so like I look at these little warehouse robots and I don't know how far off it is. I'm probably too zoomed out. I'm probably too science fiction. I'm probably, um, but, uh, I'm probably too far in the future in this analysis. Well, even before robots, I mean, there are people that are willing to work. It's true. You know, and then they figure out how to do contractors and stuff. It's just like delivery drivers. And they they just are enormous and have vast resources and uh, tremendous abilities to reconfigure themselves to the most suitable formulation mm -hmm. that's satisfactory to them as a powerhouse. And constantly adapting. Yeah. And trying to be efficient every single day. And making enormous amounts of money along the way, enormous amounts of... Uh, revenue to keep that edge to stay a step ahead so like i don't know i don't know will what do you got me on here what are you doing to me here yeah. today what do you do what do you want oh how about this for a much simpler and just strictly remarkable story um this is from the washington post the remarkable brain of a carpet cleaner who speaks 24 languages fluently 24 languages now, be fluent. 
I think it's impressive when Can't somebody just be the bad words. speaks two languages, three languages, four languages. It's already impressive, right? Yes. Um, but here we have an individual who's gone way beyond that. And apparently it's a very special type of mind that's capable of such things. And he has to, uh, according to, to his interview here, he has to, in order to like be able to do this, he has to imagine himself in these places in these places he's visited or where he's learned or had to use these languages in the past, he envisions it in order to go back there to sort of like to trigger it where he can speak it. Mm. Um, and I, I suppose the significance of him being a carpet cleaner, I don't know what the significance of that is other than painting the picture of, of uh, who this person is. I suppose it could help him. In his, it could help you in a variety of ways, including pretty much any business you want to run. If you're going to speak that many languages. But anyway, I want you to go down to, you know what I think about as well is how, what languages I would think in if I even knew, if I even vaguely knew over 20 languages. Mm -hmm. Try to imagine which language I would think in. And if that would shift from time to time or if I was traveling, then if. All of, a sudden, all of a sudden, then temporarily, I would be thinking in the that specific language mm. instead of another. You know. Anyway, um, <clears throat> so this is his this is his hobby. He can he's uh, currently still learning new languages, and the 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 word for this actually, if you scroll up, it's a really weird word, hyper hyper polyglot. Far more unusual are the world's hyper polyglots. These are people who. By one expert's definition, can speak 11 languages or more. The higher the number, the rarer the person. But there have been many documented cases of such linguistic legends, each one raising questions about the limits of human potential. And uh, in this case, he's on the real fringe, highest level. So anyway, play a little bit of it. And you're going to need audio, obviously. When I speak the language And just now, go right forward to like the halfway point. That the way that I learn... You know, this is just bonkers to watch. This is just so, so uh, um, like you don't, your brain is is skeptical. Mm -hmm. Like you're looking at it saying, no, that can't, that's not. It's a deep fake. <laughs> that's not right. Uh, so anyway, here's a breakdown of his fluency. So he can readily carry on a conversation on any topic, read and write without difficulty in English, Spanish, Portuguese, Russian, Czech, Slovak, Bulgarian, Romanian. He has conversational language. That's the uh, ability to have deep conversations on a wide range of subjects though he may have to pause at times to think of words, but he can also read and write in these languages, Croatian, Finnish, Italian, Latvian, Nahuatl, Nautl, I don't know how to say that, Serbian. He has intermediate language, so he can carry on simple conversations around many topics. He can do some reading and writing in a sign language, Catalan, Dutch, French, German, Hungarian, Icelandic, Irish, Gaelic, Norwegian, Polish, he has basic language in Amharic, Arabic, Estonian, Georgian, Greek, Hebrew, Indonesian, Japanese, Lakota, Lithuanian, Mandarin, Navajo, Sa uh, Salish, Sinhalese, 
Swedish, Ukrainian, Welsh. And then he has some familiarity, which is around 100 words of Mongolian, Vietnamese, Zotzil, and Zapotec. Wow, that's really impressive. So how does he choose like the next language that he wants to learn? I don't know. I presume it would be like a lot of things where you would have uh, some kind of inspiration, maybe an encounter with somebody or maybe a trip or a place you want to travel to. I would think that could create incentive. Um, you know, the other thing I was thinking is since he's, since his profession is cleaning carpets, and I don't know how he learns all of these things, but I was thinking he could possibly multitask maybe. Hmm where you could have some language learning programs or listen to audiobooks in other languages or something like that while you're doing your day job. Yeah, I would imagine uh, he can kill time just listening to people having conversations in different languages. The other thing is if you ever thought you were going to get one past this guy, you know how people will, might talk about you in some other language while you're present? This mm -hmm. is the last, this guy's your nightmare. Because mm -hmm. he can be in any circumstance and understanding things that nobody would be expecting him to understand. Yeah, you can't talk a different language and behind his back. You're, good luck. Good luck. <laughs> He'll know. Good luck. Your language is not on this Including list. Including sign language. And, and I bet there's a lot of crossover, right? Like if you look at the languages that he's fluent in, mm -hmm. there's like a lot of crossover in these languages. Mm -hmm. So it opens him up to even a larger variety of languages where he un un understands at least a basic amount and... And so on and so forth. But anyway, go watch the clip if you're curious and it goes into more detail. But I thought this was pretty impressive stuff. And he uh, read and write? Because that'll be really impressive. Yeah. In the in at least the top two groups. So you can see read and write without any difficulty. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry, I missed that. In the that category. Uh, he can read and yeah. write in that bunch. And he can read and do some writing in the intermediate group. And then he can write oh, and read a little bit in the basic group. Man, this guy is very impressive. It's crazy, right? Vaughn Smith. If, cool. uh, if there was a language that you could learn instantaneously, snap your fingers and know it right now, other than what you already know, what would you choose? Man, I think utility would be Spanish. Spanish? Yeah, I think a, I think a lot Mandarin of Mandarin properly. A, I think a lot of people go for Spanish. Um, but I would love to learn Japanese. Oh, really? Yeah. What about you? Uh, well, I I think Spanish has some appeal because, uh, like I said, it's a lot of familiarities uh, across regions in that area. Like, because obviously I grew up with Italian relatives, and mm. they understood. Uh, quite a bit of Spanish and some mm. Portuguese. And so if you go with Spanish, I think you open up a whole category. I don't know if the same is true of something like Japanese. I also feel, well, this is the thing. I said, I'm going to snap my fingers and know it. It would be way more impressive to show off Japanese or Mandarin. If somebody was looking at me. It's very exotic. Yeah. They'd be like, what? <laughs> Shut up. No way. Uh, whereas if I just start dropping some Spanish, I feel like it's, uh, maybe like a guy from the U.S. or something. Maybe not the same magic. Mm -hmm. uh, however, if I had to go and learn it, it would be different because I, I happen to know that, like, from a difficulty perspective, I, I think English is actually difficult. It's it's a yes. it's actually a difficult uh -huh. one. But then coming from English, I feel like 
I'm going to probably have more success with something like Spanish. Right. But then there's other ones that I think would be interesting, like German. I have some German heritage. It might be interesting. Or uh, Icelandic. That one sounds incredible. You've been to Iceland a, number, a couple uh -huh. of times. You, you hear that? That sounds incredible. Very distinct. Yeah, very distinct. I mean, it's all it's all pretty cool stuff. Very cool. Uh, crypto billionaire Sam Bankman Fried plans to give away 99% of his money as the FTX CEO embraces effective altruism and shuns luxury. So he'll be, uh, I guess, having to figure out how to effectively donate this cash. How much are we talking about, by the way? He is, he's very rich. Very billion. Yeah. 30-year-old founder of FTX wants to give away 99% of his money. He's driven by a philosophy called effective altruism. I don't want a yacht, he says. He doesn't want a yacht. That's a tough situation to find yourself. No kidding. You're a billionaire and you don't want a yacht. You're uh -huh. like, what's the matter with me? No. I thought you once like <laughs> reach a billion dollar status, you get a free yacht. <laughs> it's just kind of, it yeah, 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 yeah. It's just waiting for you. You're uh -huh. like, I didn't pay for this. They're like, are you a billionaire? You're like, yeah, there's your yacht. Uh, I kind of get that. I don't know, man. Like a yacht, it's a lot of maintenance and it's a whole staff you hear about like bezos yacht I, I i don't know it would be nice and fun and you can invite people and you know move around the planet and stuff but i kind of feel this guy you know in a way there's some things there's some things that i would want to have a yacht i just i don't know what i don't know Plus, a lot of things seem really cool at first, and then they just all become headaches eventually. Maintaining, hiring I, I the staff. I don't know why that is. It's like it's yeah. like the appeal of some kind of minimalism, the appeal of some kind of limitation on personal possessions. There's something appealing about that, isn't there? That it just doesn't. It's just not spiraling out of control and unlimited. Mm -hmm. This glut of possessions. I'm not saying, by the way, I'm not saying that I live that lifestyle or anything like that. Yeah. But I'm just imagining what that might be like. There is some appeal of it to me. Okay. It's harder when there's <laughs> a lot of people in your life, like a whole family and sure. everything like that. But if you're, I don't know what this guy's lifestyle is. Uh, but I assume that that partially plays a role in his perspective on things. Like he's got $22.5 billion and doesn't really care about buying all these things. I think um, also how he got it um, plays a big role in him donating mm -hmm. it as well. You saying, you saying crypto is too fast? Like you can get you, you. Essentially. Yeah. The way that, in my understanding in the way that he got his billions is he would essentially look at exchanges in different countries and um, find what's lower right in terms of price point buy that and then sell at a higher price point in different exchanges mm. like he was talking about the Japanese exchange was lower and then the US exchange was a lot higher so he just did the switcheroo and got the <laughs> in-between money <laughs> You're talking um, about finance right now, Will. Yeah. <laughs> You're talking Who about thunk, Are you right? talking about buying low and selling high again? <laughs> and that's how he got all of his money, apparently. Yeah. Right. And he kept it really simple. That's the way he did it. Um is that uh, you know, sweat on his back. 
maybe he thinks it's not something that mm. he really like worked hard to get. Right. Even he, though he did, he was smart. He played the game. No, I know. I I, I think speed matters possibly here. Uh, definitely, if in, you're accumulating this thing over a lifetime or like sixty years or something, it's different than if it takes sixty days. It's like the lottery. I'm not saying he won the lot. He obviously made the money, but I feel that there is a speed component in how you perceive. Or maybe like physical labor as well might be sweat. attributed to it. Did you use the word sweat? The sweat of your brow. Yeah. Well, anyway, hopefully he figures out a way to put it to use. I mean, he says that uh, he's going to embrace this uh, this uh, altruism. Seems hard to do as well. Effective is. altruism. It seems hard to do as well because there's going to be all these competing forces that want to get access to these billions. Uh, even with his massive wealth, he says he'll keep only about 1% of his earnings each year, which is about $100,000. You pretty quickly run out of really effective ways to make yourself happier by spending money. I don't want a yacht. The MIT grad learned of effective altruism in 2012, his junior year of college. The philosophy uses mathematical calculations to determine how people could do the most good with their money and time. Actually, I listened to an entire podcast on this topic. Now that I recall, it was on Sam Harris's podcast, and this is actually what they do, Will. Incredibly data-driven ways of figuring out where your money is best used when it comes to charity mm. and how... In the case of some charities, it might make you feel really good because it's like some cause that's really close to home. But actually, your money is not very effectively spent there mm. because of the way that it trickles into the actual like effectiveness. And that's how some people have their own foundations, right? Because they have somewhat direct control. Well, some, but, but sometimes it's not driven by, by data and instead it's driven by some sort of personal attachment Right. Like, and I'm not saying that that's bad. I'm just, it's just people don't really talk about it. So like, say for example, someone you really care about dies of a, of a particular illness. Mm -hmm. It could be an extremely rare illness mm -hmm. that you could invest a billion dollars into and not make much progress. And even if you did solve it, you'd only be helping 13 people that get it every right. year. Yeah. Okay. It's not exactly effective. Now I can't tell you that you shouldn't do that. That might be your uh, focus and something that affected you deeply. Mm -hmm. uh, but what this effective altruism aims to do is say, hey, I know you got a billion bucks. I know that that really hurts you deeply. And I know that that cause is very near and dear to your heart. But if you took that same money and put it into malaria or yeah. uh, whatever. like It's like a numbers game. They would say we can that money can move so much further and affect so many more people. Yeah. And that's basically how it works. Right. And the I'm going to forget the guy's name that was on the Sam Harris podcast, but they actually go a step further and make it really easy to actually contribute into these causes that are deemed to be effective from a data perspective where you can like just take a percentage of your pay stub, like a percentage of your income and have it automatically come out of your bank account every like they find ways of creating these effective scenarios. And so that sounds like what this guy's into. Are you talking about uh, Justin Rent? No, not fight for the forgotten. Oh, okay. No, no. It was when you're talking about malaria or something. No, because malaria is one of those ones where, you know, there is a really direct path yeah. and functional way to interact with it. Uh, but there's other ones that are like that too. Yeah. And uh, it's very interesting to find out how, how some, some areas are just so much more effective than others. Coney. 
<laughs> Easy, Will. Did we talk about... Was that off the air that we talked that about that? Air, oh, yeah. Okay. Sometimes I have, can't remember if it... Coney. Yes. Yeah, that's a th- major, major throwback. I don't know how effective. That was enormous fundraising. And I don't was know... Was it 20... If it was 11? The, I think it was 2012. 2012. I don't think... Yeah, it was, everyone I, looked that up. That's I'm really not hilarious. sure if it was the most efficient use of funds. Coca-Cola Bite. Coke thinks it knows what pixels taste like. Coke's newest flavor is coming soon. Here's what it tastes like and where you'll be able to buy it. It's called Bite. Yes. If you enjoy... Zero sugar. If you enjoyed the Starlight Space flavored Coke, well, this is like futuristic Coke. Coke's trying to get back in your uh, fridge. Mm. You'll want to hear this news. Coca-Cola on Monday announced another new flavor that it's releasing this spring. It's called Coca-Cola Zero Sugar Zero Sugar Bite. And the giant soda company says it tastes like pixels. <laughs> well, I, don't, I don't want to taste pixels. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't sound delicious at all. The company says its first Coca-Cola flavor born in the metaverse and that it's being uh, hidden in plain sight. Hmm. An early look at the beverage appeared in a new island created in Fortnite. Of course! Coca-Cola said it will release more limited edition beverages later this year, but the company expects Bite to be the drop of the season. Here's what you'll need to know. Uh, what I find especially exciting about this co-creation is the intentional air of mystery in defining the taste of a pixel. We know that any new Coca-Cola creation's expression will provoke debate and curiosity, which we welcome. They're saying talk about it. I don't care if you hate it. Talk yeah. about it. Let people know that it exists. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the zero sugar flavors in general, like the fake sugary flavor. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if I'm drinking one of these things, just hit me with the real deal. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to do it, if I'm going to commit. Uh, I'm actually more curious about the small kind of almost dessert sizes. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to have this little sugar thing. I don't need 355 mils mm-hmm. type of thing. Those little shot sizes. That's interesting to me. And I think they are selling more of those. But since they are going to attempt to define the flavor of a pixel, if you had to guess what flavor characteristics would be in a pixel, where does your mind go? I would imagine it'd be quite metallic-y. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> terrible. But that's probably not what they want. Probably just like a, hmm. like a cotton candy or something. For the kids. Cream soda? Yeah. Type of flavor? Yeah. That's what pixels taste like? But mixed with Coke. It's all very interesting. Ugh. We'll have to wait and see. Maybe we'll try it on the air. Uh, apparently... It's going to be available for purchase on Coke's website on May 2nd, and it'll also be available in super limited quantities on a first-come, first-served basis. Well, they're trying to get in on the drop culture, Will. Mm-hmm. You know the drop culture? Yes. It's like, oh, you can barely get it. Don't you want it? You Got them. You can't get it. Don't you want it? And you're like, are you sure I can't get it? Because if I can get it, I don't oh. want it. And then they're like, no, you can't get it. And then you're like, I want it. Yeah, I want to post it on Twitter. Yeah. Well... That's the future we all have to look forward to. The things that you want that you can't have that you want more than the things that you can. Yeah. A Razer gaming headset has reportedly saved a life by deflecting a stray bullet. Jeez. What a story this one is. I saw this on social media. First of all, stray bullet coming through the window. What a way to go. Mm -hmm. That sucks so bad. Look at it. The hole in the window. 
Yeah. A Razer Kraken gaming headset reportedly saved the life of a wearer by stopping a bullet that came crashing through their window while they were uh, sat talking to their friends on their headset, obviously. The story, which uh, came from Tech Radar originally, we're reading it on Interesting Engineering, comes from a Reddit user. They were sitting inside their home in California when a stray bullet smashed through the window. Uh, Yeah. Imagine at which point they wouldn't even know what had happened because you have the headset on. So presumably you have audio being fed through and you don't really hear your surroundings that much, but you're going to feel it. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how much you're going to hear it. Depends how loud your volume was. You're probably going to hear it too, but you're just going to feel this thing graze the top of the headset. Be like, what? I guess it would, it would break the window first. Yeah, but it's also fast. It's so fast that your brain wouldn't... Uh really get it in a massive stroke of good fortune the bullet ricocheted off the headband of the razor headset letting the redditor live to see another day by leading them to um post a thread on reddit called razor save my life now you know razor's gotta love this Mm -hmm. razor's gotta go on social media afterwards and be like look at that not designed to do this but would you look at that (laughs) razor product saving a life maybe you want to buy one this happened in uh what? The alleged headset bullet deflection occurred in Torrance, Florida? What? Wait. Why did it say California? Yeah. Torrance, I believe, is in California. I think we spotted a slight error, but you can double check it, Will, if you want to. If Are you a fact checker now? I have to know. It's definitely a place in California, and it Uh-oh. said California earlier, but you can also get those places confused. You know, you got palm trees and such. Like sometimes, like Disneyland and Disney World. Yeah, that's always confusing to me. You see, which one is or Ontario, where? Ontario, California. That one will get you every time. Yeah. Uh, will, which which state is home to Disneyland? To Disneyland? Is it California? Because Florida, <laughs> Florida is... Uh, Disney nah, World, no? Nah, 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 nah. You read the chat, you. How dare you? Did it? No, you, I you guessed snuck. it. You snuck. You snuck. You cheated. Uh, yeah, no, you guessed it correctly. Uh, anyway, yeah, Torrance is a place in California. I think that's what they meant to say. Palm trees will get you real confused every time. Yeah, well, I mean, people were skeptical on Reddit. Ooh. As they no are. way. There's no way anyone is skeptical on Reddit. I don't believe you. But with more screenshots that show the bullet hitting the glass and also the more headphone photos, um, it seems legit. Mm. I don't know. It yeah. seems legit. I mean, it's, that's so rough, man. Crazy circumstance. That looks like a bullet hole in the window. It sure does. Like, I don't... The screen doesn't... I can't see the hole in the screen, though. Maybe it's back here. Yeah, it must be. Just the angle. Also, yeah. where did that bullet come from? Like, it looks like someone was in his backyard. Um, I believe... Yeah. I believe they said it here. I don't think it really matters. I don't think... Well, I guess it matters for the purpose of the investigation, but... Oh, okay. Stray bullets suck. Not cool. Stray bullets, not cool. Not in the cool category, Will. No, no. Do you have a break today? Because I feel like now you would take it if you have it. Uh, no break. Oh, no break. Okay. 
no ads. That's all, it's all right, but I just knew we were getting into the kind of the rapid fire round, and I was like, you're running out of time there, dude. Yeah, we have a couple more stories. So this is the part where at Uh-oh. the beginning of the show, I was like, man, this, this show is about to go all over the place. Really? I mean, we did that already anyways, as we would, because we're cruising USA just on any given day. Uh-huh. Um, but this is the part of the show where things are going to get a little bit wild. And it's all going to start on next level. I'm skipping the word in between there. But we're on Reddit now. And here we have a ninja cat, which I always appreciate the acrobatics of the domestic cat. Like, cats are incredible. I know you like your dog, Will. Mm. But you ever seen how nimble a cat can be? How the dexterity they have with their mitts? Uh, Yeah, they're always perched up. They're ready, man. They find ways to get up there. They're ready for anything, man. Mm-hmm. And and when, long life too. When you when you examine a domestic cat, you realize how terrifying the idea of a big cat actually is. And I'm oh. talking about like lions and tigers and whatnot, cougars, because the the agility to size ratio is out of control. Right. Typically, things get big and they lumber around. Cats have, it's like they have some sort of better lubrication in their joints than we do. Mm. Like we're just rickety walking around, you know, the type of pain you're in in the morning. Yeah. They utilize every part of their body. They're so, they're so, uh, like tuned up with their, the physical world. Yeah. The way it's like the matrix. They are the, they, they see the matrix. Uh-huh. of movement anyway so here we go the title of this is this cat is ninja whoa now what happens in this clip is the cat is not even really playing that game the cat is actually playing another game completely the cat is playing with a ball right on the side yeah if you watch the first part of the clip and it kind of takes a peek at the individual holding the camera, but then it looks back to its ball and it's actually not looking at the person with the camera. The moment that the object is flung, it all happens so fast. And this boom, this like uh, stuffed animal is flung into the air, like a bird flying. Right. And the cat just wham. You got to love it. And lands perfectly. You it lands th- perfectly. You would think uh, just because <laughs> look, look at the legs just sprawled in like mid-air. the ability for it's like acrobatics, right? By the way, I got to give a shout out to Tim Fully for one hundred and sixty dollars Australian oh, wow. on the super chat. He says if I can guess how much that is in Canadian dollars, he'll send it again. Uh, I'm gonna guess it's a hundred and. Forty Canadian dollars, hundred and forty Canadian dollars, hundred and forty. Let's see if he sends again. I don't know. I I'm going to say one hundred and sixty-four. Okay, we get two guesses. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, anyway, so thank you for that. We really appreciate it. Yeah, shout out. Um, your dog can't do this, Will. I hate to break it to you. This makes your yeah, dog I'm jealous. This makes your dog look because, and your dog, you have a nimble dog. Yes, and also very tweaked out. But still, this is nothing. No, this is nothing. The re- it's, it's honestly, for me, it's the reaction time. I know you like the landing and the body control, 
for me, it's the reaction time when you watch it in real time. Yeah. From the ball to the launch. It's like, you can't launch that on me. Like, I picture... He doesn't even have... Or the cat doesn't have time to, like, get ready to jump. No! It has to like, launch... Like, it just does it. It has to launch from the body position that it's in. Yeah. And then, wham. Like, you can imagine... if And you those had, floors are slippery. If you had to play football against this cat, and the cat understood the rules of football, and the cat was the cornerback... And the quarterback is trying to throw it past the cat to get to you, the wide receiver. I don't want to jump up next to this cat. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, I don't want to do that. It's beautiful stuff. So anyway, they obviously evolved this way. And domestic cats still have some of that big cat in them. And uh, so this is a Bengal cat, which is a little more wild, a little bit more, a little bit less domestic. Uh, but they would have evolved to catch prey and kill birds and whatever else. I want to be a bird around that thing. Then you're wiped out, man. You're done. Yeah. You're done ski. Shout out to the ninja cat. Ninja cat. Let's go. Uh, next up, Selena Gomez has uh, apparently, this is according to her, she's been off the internet now for four years. You remember the other day we were asking Mo what it would take for him to quit Instagram and he said a Klondike bar and then he quickly backtracked and I was like, I feel like you might get me a Klondike bar, so I'm not going to mm. do that. And then he started like upping his demands. Mm. Uh, Instagram ain't got nothing on the entire internet. Can you imagine staying off the internet for four years? Now, here's the other part of it. So she says she's been off the internet for four years and also that it's helped her mental health, that she's better than ever, that she loves being off the internet. That's great. Good for her. But do you think, okay, obviously there's the great side of it, which is like you don't have to deal with all the bullshit or whatever else. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to have people weighing in on everything because I, I feel like she still posts or I guess her team posts. Maybe there's a way that she can just send the images. Like It's big news for her because she's got a massive social media following. Mm -hmm. And so maybe she can still have photos and promote products and things, but just not post it herself. Like, you can figure out ways to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, she was dubbed the queen of Instagram, most followed celebrity on the social media platform back in 2016. Now she says she's not been on the internet for four and a half years. She says it changed her life completely. I am happier. I am more present. I connect with more people. I understand how powerful the internet is, and in so many ways, it's done the best things for the world. But for me, I get, I get to my news that is actually important I get my news that is actually important through people in my life. Anyway, I paraphrase the portion of that quote. I don't know that you can get all the news from everybody in your life. I don't know how informed you can be, but I do think there's totally something to this. I believe her that it's possible to be, and obviously she's in a different position where, where there's a ton of eyeballs, like hundreds of millions of eyeballs. Mm. Uh, and it can't be easy to completely disengage like that. No. Right? There's there's an incentive structure there. There's all types of little dopamines and opportunities. And who knows what she's actually given up mm -hmm. in order to be completely off the internet. Uh, there are places where people go when they need help. And it's unfortunate that they cost ridiculous amounts of money. But as with Planned Parenthood, there's a place for women to feel okay and feel understood. And I want that for mental health. This is some project I guess she's working on. She has Wondermind, a mental health platform that she founded. Um, she has her own challenges, including bipolar disorder. Well, she grew up 
I guess, her whole existence, by the way, uh, uh, in the public. Because she was a child star. Am I right about this? She was a Disney star, I believe. So that's going to that's gonna get you no matter what. Like, you're going to be... That's a wild ride no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, but increasingly, this social media thing, people are having alternative perspectives on it. And people can definitely overdo it. I'm not saying like that you can't figure it out. Oh, somebody said in the chat she was on Barney. Remember the show Barney as a kid? So, oh, yes, yeah. her whole life been in that... Um, been in that situation yeah there you go there she is this is her wonder mind story if you want to check it out um i i don't know that everybody needs to quit the internet completely some people probably know that they need to be without it completely i think some people can probably manage it is a powerful it is a powerful uh situation and uh, you hope that people can find uh, some sort of relationship with the internet that that doesn't isn't completely overwhelming and damaging and uh just keep watching Lou later, all right? Don't, yeah, don't quit this for four years. We need you. We're the medicine. We well, I don't know if I go. <laughs> it's quite it's quite a statement. We're anti-internet. That's quite a statement, Will. You just called yourself medicine. Well, yeah. Damn. Really do making big statements <laughs> out here today. This one is absolutely nuts as far as uh wild things on the internet. Uh this is a boxing match. It looks like a bo- boxing match. It was a boxing match between two contestants. It took place in China, and they're wearing boxing gloves. So you would assume you're in a boxing match. However, one of the boxers approaches the other one in the middle of the boxing match and actually just body slams them instead of boxing with them. <laughs> uh, Japanese professional boxer and former WBO, fly- WBO flyweight world champion Sho Kimura was involved in a cross-border exhibition fight under the boxing under boxing rules in Wuhan, China. Now, apparently, the guy he was boxing on the left is sort of like a social media boxer. You know, the social media boxer phenomenon? Okay. A celebrity fighter of sorts. But the guy on the right is a legit boxer. A real real boxer with a history record and won titles and things like that. And uh, so anyway, apparently the... The Japanese boxer believed that it was typical boxing rules. This is the story. And the Chinese boxer and his team distributed some sort of alteration to the rules just prior to the boxing match starting. Okay. Which stipulated that body slams were okay. (laughs) Why just body slams? No, no, I guess just like whatever, anything goes. Is this a boxing match or MMA match? It definitely looks like it was going to be a boxing match and then it wasn't. Uh, this clip, though, no, this is just uh, old oh, clips of him of him one. boxing. I think, yeah, there you go. So, yeah, you're you're oh, in geez. it. He just picks right him up right from the beginning. Just picks him up, and he doesn't expect it. And he picks him up, body slams, and the guy's arm kind of gets trapped under him on his head and on his head. And he's also there's kicks and trips and everything else. And that guy, he's not out, but. He is oh, clearly man, finished. Right. He's clearly not ready for it either. Now, it turned into... It's a huge controversy right now, by the way. Because apparently, there's some sort Ooh. of, like, po- political component. Can you scroll down a little bit more? Let me make sure I get this right. Shout out, by the way, to... Can you read that, by the way? Well, it's a little bit small for me. Oh. Uh, Nettle AG... Husby. Oh, I guess it's Shout e- out. even smaller for you because I'm pretty sure it's a V at the front. But anyways, thank you for the super chat. Oh, Vettel. 
Sorry. <laughs> yeah. And it's another currency. I have no idea. N-O-K. But it looks like a lot of money. Two nineteen. Mm-hmm. Thank you to everybody who supports us. This is incredible privilege. Um, okay, so scroll down a little bit more. I think there's a whole there's a whole like thing about how this happened. The there was a lot of back and forth, tough talking prior to the match, as there typically would be, and they were there was threats going back and forth. What I'm going to do to you. And there's a leaked conversation that took place on uh, Weibo. And apparently there was a verbal confirmation that the match was actually Chinese Kung Fu versus Japanese boxing, which allowed wrestling moves to be available. Okay. Uh, the, The Chinese celebrity boxer wore a national flag to celebrate the victory. He put the clip up of his fight on WeChat and titled it Chinese Power. In the following response to criticism, uh, he said, do you still need rules for China to fight Japan? I can't sleep if he doesn't die. It seems there are many Chinese traders supporting Japs. This is China forever, China. So it turned into like a racial thing and like, a, a, I guess, a racist thing. Mm-hmm. That was part of the reason why the rules, why this guy was justifying having no rules and not having an actual boxing match. And the Chinese fighter weighed in at 22 pounds more. Which, which if it were a boxing match, because Logan Paul did something similar to that. Sure. Right? Because he's the more experienced guy. You mean Mayweather? Yeah, in the in the main, yeah. but even in this case, the Japanese boxer is a much more experienced guy. So you could have a little de- discrepancy in okay, weight to yeah. make up for whatever experience advantage might exist. But then this guy just changed the rules completely. It's kind of like when people talk about MMA fighters and they're like, uh, when Woodley was fighting Jake Paul, mm-hmm. remember they're like, oh, if it was an MMA match, will he just pick him up? It's like, yeah, he absolutely would, mm-hmm. but it's not. That's not what they signed up for. They signed up for a boxing match, and in this case, they're wearing boxing gloves. Right. So, I don't know, very bizarre story. And, uh, we, yeah, just weird. Weird situation here. Oh, and how the, tr- the rules change. What do you think, Will? How do you feel about it? Well, okay. yeah, this is uh, terrible. You're pissed. You're pissed right off. Could be a long-term damage there. You're pissed right off when somebody's completely not prepared for what's coming. Yeah. Or the rules of a particular fight. Yeah, so weird. I don't, I don't know. Just a bizarre, bad thing for mixed martial arts. I guess you got to know, you got to agree on the rules beforehand. I, of course, yes. And this seemed like a bait and switch situation. I, now, this next clip I actually love. Okay? Yeah, let's turn it around. We're going to turn it around to the positive because that got uh, negative there. Uh, this is a very satisfying situation where you... Uh, it's a thing that you've encountered. Someone needs to come up with a word for this phenomenon here. It's a thing that you've encountered that you wished would behave a certain way subconsciously. Maybe there was a little like note in there that like, oh, why, you know, why does it work the way it works? And then you see this and you're like, yeah, that's right. This can happen. That's right. This doesn't have to be so complicated. So go ahead and play the clip and I'll explain. 
And I actually, you know what? Pause it for one second. I'm going to set it up. So you have a guy, a broadcaster, sitting on a basketball court, and he's talking as a correspondent to somebody in, like, the newsroom, which happens all the time when you're watching sporting events. The uh, interview that's taking place between the newsroom reporter and the reporter who's on the court, the newsroom reporter is asking the guy on the sidelines if he has seen anything of a certain player and if that certain player plans to play or not. So go ahead and play it now. Green warming up behind you. Any word yet on if he's able to go tonight? I think he was questionable coming into this game. I'll ask you. Where did okay. he go? Yeah. Hey, Jermichael. <laughs> hey, Jermichael. You playing? <laughs> no, he's not playing. I gotta wait for all these letters and stuff to come out. Just ask the dude. He said he wasn't playing. So what what, what this is referring to is like the formality of things, mm. how things are so formal. It's like you can't just turn around and ask the guy if he's playing. You gotta wait for like the team doctor or uh. or, or whoever, whatever the official release from the team, he will not be playing tonight. And no one expected this reporter to do this, but like deep down, you wish that that's the way it worked. Yeah. That they had a casual enough relationship that he could just turn around and be like, hey, are you playing? And so and that was so quick. So quick and so much better and more, more human. And you like to see the player even interact with the reporter in that way. It makes him seem more down to earth mm -hmm. and less unapproachable. And so this is a thing you've seen a million times, but this never happens where the typical reporter would maintain professional professionalism at all costs and say, I have not heard anything. Hopefully, uh, he, you know, he's shooting around on the court. Things are looking okay, but we're going to have to wait till game time for an official report on whatever. Mm -hmm. Instead, he goes, oh, no, let me check. And he turns around. He goes, hey, Jamichael, are you playing tonight? And he goes, nah, not tonight, man. And boom, it's all settled. It's all sorted. Yeah. And it's just a perfect human interface yeah less formality in some cases are just and and having it live is always such a welcome experience as a viewer so much when more everything human. is just so overproduced and then you just see someone just you know do something that's very organic and it goes to show you how kind of almost hypnotized we are at the formalities of things like he's wearing a suit he has a badge on his microphone that says whatever altitude now or attitude or whatever broadcast network and even the people in the newsroom that are talking to him are kind of in shock that he just did that because their formality at all costs right mm -hmm. they're they're like used to the to the status way of doing it and then you see a moment like this and you're like, oh, yeah, everybody's people. Everybody's yeah, people. Yeah, they're human. Everybody's people. You know, they have a job to do, but also they can, you know, just be person, like so, a person. So I appreciate this. I like uh, casualness wherever possible, humanness wherever possible. I really appreciated this clip. It uh, it really broke things down in, mm -hmm. a, in a positive and uh, pleasant way, as far as I could tell. Yeah. Human. Very good clip. Human way. Uh, this is your story, Will. Yeah. Take an hour-long interactive ride aboard the world's largest model railroad. This is quite cool. Have you seen um, the Germany Wunderland? Is that a YouTube channel or an amusement it's, park? Uh, it's an amusement park, oh. but everything's miniature. Oh, wow. So it's a miniature city. Mm. And I just want to... 
play a little bit of it while I get some facts straight while you look at this. Um, so I think it's 16,000 square feet. Yo, this is 27 million views, this yeah. clip. Oh. Um, it, as you can see, like it's a sprawling neighborhood, but it's miniaturized. Mm -hmm. um, there's trains, there's buildings, there's bridges, there's working cars that move around. This is their airport, <laughs> which has all the great lighting. And this is in Germany, um, in Hamburg. Uh, and they recently built um, a 53,000 feet train track where, um, yeah, these trains kind of go by the city and you can follow it. And you can visit this place. This camera work is incredible to make it seem like an actual thriving city. Mm -hmm. Some of these uh, camera moves and yeah. the way they're using different lenses. Through the mountains. Like this, like this moving shot. Yeah, that's very impressive. The moving shot really sells it. It's so lively. There was like a car at the train track with the brake lights on. Yes. Yeah, they really make it convincing. Like it's a real life city. Look at that cruise ship. With real water. And there's uh, 18 wheelers. Just kind of like doing its job. It's like Sick. city. It's very and, cool. Um, so this is the largest model railway in the world. Yes, and this is the largest model in the world. Hmm. Whoa, look at the mist. Look at the mist coming off the building. Or is that smoke? That's a it's fire. Smoke, yeah. That's a fire. The fire trucks are responding. Yeah. Damn. This is better than a video game. It's very cool. So accurate. Um, they recently made a 360 video. Mm. Actually, let me just go to there. So the YouTube channel is called Miniature Wonderland. Mm. Sounds delicious. <laughs> um, they made a 360 video that they they strapped the camera on a train, and um, you can kind of see and interact with. Um, Somebody in the chat says, yeah, is there any crime? <laughs> There's, yeah. I don't know, maybe. There, there might be. I don't know, maybe. There and might be. Somebody else in the chat, uh, Ronald says, Toronto has something like this called Little Canada at Young and Dundas. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. That's very cool. So anyway, this is, you get to be on the miniature railroad track yes. in a kind of POV 360 degree video. And this track apparently goes through the whole town where you can literally see everything, but on YouTube. So, so you, you can navigate to... um, the 360 view by yourself and just see everything. The inner workings as well, because the train goes through the tunnel. But uh, yeah, it's not just like you see everything, like the mountains and stuff. You see like the underworkings of it as well. Yeah, I like the idea of you, like what POV lets you do here is be miniature yourself. Yeah. You are miniature. And it really, yeah, it does sell it, except for the huge people looking at you. <laughs> it's just giants. <laughs> you go over the canyon. It's kind of cool. So how long is the entire trip? Is an hour long? My yes. God, it takes you an hour to go through it. Yeah, it's it's huge. That's enormous. Very cool. Good find, Will. But yeah, it's it's fun. You Miniature know? Wonderland. Go check it out. You Have a time. You said it's in Hamburg? Oh, you just want people to check out the... 
the virtual version. Yeah. You don't have to go anywhere. Exactly. That's the beauty of it. Or go to or go to Hamburg. You could, yeah. You know, there's a dispute about the origin of hamburgers. Really? And whether or not hamburg, like whether there was any kind of Hamburg component. I had an amazing hamburger in uh, Berlin, so. They did something right. I don't know. Something might be going on. Yeah. I can neither confirm nor deny, and I think people will probably <laughs> dispute the origin of the hamburger sure. probably till the end of time. But uh, that reminds me. Maybe I might get some lunch right now. Thank you very much to everybody who joined. Thank you to everybody who gave us the super chats today. We really do uh, appreciate it. Uh, we love doing this show. We love that you love being a part of it, especially live. Uh, I know we had a bit of a break there. Uh, it's... Uh, it wasn't by choice. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to keep this consistency up. We're aiming at like noon. Okay. That's the I know goal. we were later today, but that's why it's called Lou Later. That's why. Sometimes it does. No, <laughs> no, it's not. That's not true. Uh, I think we're going to be able to get this noon thing going. So for those that have been wondering, noon eastern time if you want to join live of course it's available after the fact through all types of platforms you can either just watch it on demand or listen to the audio so like that's always available to you but we love having you live if you can join so if you want to try that on for size then uh, come back tomorrow around noon eastern standard time north america time figure out what that is i guess in your own region depending on where you happen to be in the world Mm -hmm. thank you again for joining we'll see you tomorrow